Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. And each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, What is Instinct? From Where Does It Come? I believe this is a profound question. How is behavioral info automatically passed along through physical matter, genes. Now, let me repeat that. How is behavioral info automatically passed along through physical matter, genes? And what is the origin of this info? Does it mean that there is a God, that there is an intelligent design If not, well, what is the source of instinct? Because we toss that word around a lot. Well, why does an animal behave in a certain way? Eh, It's just instinct. Oh, okay. End of story. End of discussion. Just an instinct. Yeah, but we're talking about more or less a blob of of cells here, you know, with DNA. The scientists will say we put this under a microscope. It's a physical thing. And yet when it evolves and develops, it has this behavior. This is actually, um, I think this topic is so important that uh, I'm almost intimidated to try to explore it because I don't think I can do it accurately. So let's just start with the basics, shall we? Let's go to the Internet and let's just read what the the basic, you know, like Wikipedia sort of standard definition is of what instinct even is. We'll start here. Instinct 
is the inherent inclination of a living organism towards a particular complex behavior containing both innate, that means inborn, and learned elements. That's kind of interesting. But it says the simplest example of an instinctive behavior is a fixed action pattern, also known as a FAP, F-A-P, a fixed action pattern in which a very short to medium length sequence of actions without variation are carried out in response to a corresponding clearly defined stimulus. Now, don't worry that if you if that didn't make perfect sense, it's a very clinical you know way of looking at it. So it says any behavior is instinctive if it is performed without being based upon prior experience. That is in the absence of learning. And is therefore an expression of innate biological factors. So, for example, sea turtles newly hatched on a beach will instinctively move toward the ocean. A marsupial climbs into its mother's pouch upon being born. Other examples include animal fighting, animal courtship behavior, internal escape functions, and the building of nests. Though an instinct is defined by its invariant innate characteristics, details of its performance can be changed by experience. So, for example, a dog can improve its listening skills by practice. Okay, so let me pause for a second. So what they're basically saying here is that a behavior is instinctive if it is performed without being based upon prior experience, the absence of learning. But an instinct can, however be augmented with learning so it can be changed but that's kind of getting off on a bit of a tangent let's stick with the good old-fashioned pure definition of what we're talking about here a behavior performed without being based upon prior experience or learning instincts are inborn complex patterns of behavior that exist in most members of the species and should be distinguished from reflexes so again i'm going to pause here an instinct is not the same thing as a reflex they say a reflex is a simple response of an organism to a specific stimulus such as the contraction of the pupil in response to bright light or the movement of the lower leg when the knee is tapped. So uh, a reflex is just sort of like one reaction that automatically happens based upon a stimulus. Whereas uh, an instinct deals with the complex behavior that, that, that occurs. Um, the absence Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get too too deep here because this is a podcast. But basically, it says that um, we're not just talking about animals. However, most people do talk about animals when they talk about instincts. But instinctual behavior in humans also occurs, and uh, we're going to get to that in a minute because I think that's especially interesting. How much of how you behave is based upon instinct? And, and stuff that you haven't even really thought about and perhaps that you could modify. And we're, this is almost like programming. You hear people talk about a human getting a download and being programmed. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about here. And it also makes you wonder, well, how far can, d d does this go? But let's take a look real quick at the, uh, the origin of all this. There was a French scientist named Jean Henri Fabre who was born in 1823, died in 1915, said to be the first person to study small animals and uh, insects. Uh, and uh, it said, and he was looking for this thing called, uh, you know, instinct. And I guess he was the one who was talking about, you know, the unconscious response to external conditions. And he concluded that, a significant difference between humans and animals is that animals cannot reason. 
Now, that's what he said. I, you know, I guess, you know, we could go down this whole philosophical route of like, well, what is reasoning? But I think you get the idea of what he's what this guy was saying. He came to the conclusion after observing how insects and wild birds continued to repeat a certain behavior in response to a novel situation and said that while these instinctive behaviors appeared complex, the insects and animals did not adjust their behavior despite it not helping them necessarily in a novel situation. So the following are some instinct and animal behaviors that Fabre observed and labeled instinctive because he said these do not involve reasoning. One is maternal instincts. Uh, the attraction to to a mother figure. One is metamorphosis. We all change. You know, it's not just uh, caterpillars and butterflies. We all change. Mimicry. The tendency to copy something. Playing dead. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you could apply that to a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, it could be the possum playing dead, but you hear about people playing dead also when they realize that, like, they're in a, in a, a really dangerous situation. Um, and then there's this thing called, uh, taxis. Let's see, what is that? The movement of an organism, a response to a stimulus such as light or the presence of food. Okay. So anyway, uh, so he, he kind of like got this whole line of, of scientific uh, inquiry going on. And then uh, there's a whole list of other scientists who came along and were uh, trying to uh, draw other conclusions. One scientist was talking about facial expressions, for example. Uh, one scientist concluded that it was interesting to look at the facial expressions of babies trying to avoid, and we're talking uh, human babies, I think here, uh, trying to avoid unpleasant emotions because there was something unpleasant in their mouths, like they didn't like it, the taste of something. Um, and then, of course, the scientists say, well, this is just a product of natural selection. Okay, fine. Even if it is natural selection, uh, what is the origin of, of this and how is that thing passed along? Uh, we're almost up on, on our first break time here. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit specifically about how that, uh, humans exhibit instinctual behavior and, you know, what some examples of this are. And then, of course, we're going to dig, like I say, even deeper into this this idea that maybe um, nothing that is a behavior that we all have in common can just spontaneously emerge. Uh, maybe there is some intelligent source behind all of it. And maybe uh, maybe it's continuing to develop. In all of us, and some people have more of it than others. Oh boy, uh, maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew in this one. We'll see. But anyway, hey, I want you to know, uh, I am planning on doing a a giveaway where I give away all kinds of cool free stuff very soon to subscribers of my free e-newsletter. If you want to be eligible, all you have to do is go to joshuapwarren.com, sign up for the free e-newsletter on the homepage, put your email address in there, and there's a little box, hit submit, and you will receive an automated email from me immediately with some free links to some cool online gifts that will help you start making your your life magical immediately joshua p warren.com that's me i'm joshua p warren and you're listening to strange things on the iheart radio and coast to coast and paranormal podcast network and i will be right back don't go anywhere there's more strange things coming right up This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And I'm talking about the mystery of instincts. And the origin of instincts, let's talk about instincts in human beings. According to officialdom here, one is congenital preparedness. Now, congenital means from birth. Congenital preparedness for developing fear 
of snakes and spiders was found in six-month-old babies. Wow, isn't that intriguing? I you know, and I don't want to you know take the time to go into the study of that, but huh. so <laughs> you have an instinct in most cases uh, to be afraid of snakes and spiders. Well, I got that instinct. Um, I wonder if everybody gets it and some people, uh, overcome it or if some people just don't have it, but that's, that's intriguing. I can see why, um, because even though they may not be as dangerous as we think, there's, there's something there. (laughs) There's something telling us inside, uh, stay away from that. Uh, number two is the infant cry is believed to be a manifestation of instinct. The infant cannot otherwise protect, uh, protect itself for survival during its long period of maturation. Okay. Number three, the herd instinct is found in human children and chimpanzee infants. Uh, so that's, oh, That seems to be something that unfortunately sticks with most people for life. Don't you think the herd instinct to just do what everybody else is doing? And I realize that in most cases that that works for you. But with the advent of modern technology, uh, maybe it's time for the instincts to change a little bit because it's too easy to find a herd that's on the wrong, wrong track. But. Um, so then, you know, here's another one, uh, hygiene behavior in humans was suggested to be partly instinctive based on emotions such as disgust. Uh, let's see next here. We have the maternal bond next is self-preservation and then fight or flight. Okay. I think we can all relate to fight or flight. Uh, next we have cooperation. That has been considered a social instinct necessary for the future survival of people. This is interesting. How about this one? Resistance toward change is the difficulty experienced by a person when they are trying to push against the suggestions made to change behavior or accept treatments, regardless of whether it will improve their condition or not. Uh, and then that's it kind of conflicts with this other instinct uh, that humans have adaptive behavior adaptive behavior to environment is an inherited innate phenotypic characteristic um examples are mating searching for food situational awareness establishing a pecking order and vocalizations huh and then, of course, you know, again, we get back to the difference between, you know, reflexes, but I don't want to, you know, I've, I've already explained what that is. All right. So where do these instincts come from? Uh, well, before we get to that, let's ask ourselves this question. Is, is an instinct the same as an intuition? Because a lot of people who... Uh, consider themselves to have psychic ability or something like that. Think of themselves having intuition. Well, let's look up intuition and see what that is. Uh, here's the definition. Intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without recourse to conscious reasoning or needing an explanation. Well, that sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? Different fields use the word intuition in very different ways. Um, including, but not limited to, direct access to unconscious knowledge, unconscious cognition, gut feelings, inner sensing, inner insight to unconscious pattern recognition, and the ability to understand something instinctively without need for conscious reasoning. But intuitive knowledge tends to be approximate. So, Whatever this thing called instinct or intuition is, it seems like that we all have it to some degree. 
And if we are always evolving, as even the most materialistic scientists say, well, then instincts should be constantly evolving as well. So is this where we get into the realm of psychic perception? And is this evolution of instinct and intuition more advanced in some people than others? For example, anybody can throw a ball. Not everybody can be a professional baseball player. Anyone can strum a guitar. Not everyone can be a rock and roll star. Anyone can actually sing. Not everyone can sing well. Okay, so yet we know that you can tap into and develop your instincts and intuitions. And some people may simply be more apt to be able to take their intuitions and instincts and develop them. Does this mean that it all goes back to some initial source of intelligence that is being transmitted through our our genes? I tell you something, I've never done this before. I looked up intelligent design. Have you ever done that before? I was really surprised at what it says here. Wikipedia says intelligent design is a pseudoscientific argument for the existence of God presented by its proponents as an evidence-based scientific theory about life's origins. Now, let me stop for a second. Again, I've never looked up what it, uh, intelligent design to me just meant more of a vague idea that there is a pattern, there's an architecture of the universe. I never realized that if you looked it up, the first word it would basically use is pseudoscientific. Now, that is meant to be an insult to intelligence, which I actually think, if you know the history of humankind, uh, the word pseudoscientific can be quite flattering because that you could take any great scientist today and uh, put that scientist on a time machine and send that scientist back to the Middle Ages and that scientist would be burned at the stake for being a heretic. Uh, at very least, they would say you're a pseudoscientist. <laughs> They really wouldn't because that terminology didn't exist, but it's the same thing. Sometimes it's it's actually flattering to be called a pseudoscientist because a lot of people who talk about themselves as scientists actually have no real grasp of what the scientific method is. At very least, they don't use it, but they call themselves scientists and call other people who might actually be using the scientific method pseudoscientists because it's a put down and it's an insult. And I, I'm surprised that this term intelligent design has been uh, associated with that. And it goes on to say, well, this is connected to uh, a Christian think tank. And uh, look, I didn't know that. But if that's the case, um, I still think that it's a very interesting term uh, that can be used outside of that context because we may be talking about the idea here that there is some organization to the universe, uh, whereas the idea of God is a very um, subjective and nebulous thing. Like you can view God in a lot of different ways. God, the father, God, the mother, God, the thing, the, 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 the energy, the all being, the almighty, the great architect. So let me just ask you this. You know you have instincts. So do your instincts tell you that there is a God and that you have a spirit? Um, some people say they have the opposite instinct, a, a belief in atheism, that that is not the case at all, that this is all just some kind of process that's played out. Well, how about you? Now, I think you can tell uh, my personal instinct is that there is a God. I don't define that God because I think God is incomprehensible. And that I also, my instinct uh, makes me believe that we each have an immortal spirit and that this world is filled with spirits many of them unseen, and that this world is a classroom in which we are supposed to learn something. So you do a good job, and you try your best to constantly learn to be a better person. 
And I think that that goes back to some original information that was passed through my genes. But you know what? What do you think? That's what's important. How do you, what does your instinct tell you? Where does that even come from? This intelligence. When we come back from this break, I ask a question on Facebook. I said, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and who gave it to you? And when we come back, I'm going to give you some of those pieces of advice from people all around the world. And then, oh yeah, you know me. I have plenty of other goodies for you. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. There's more strange things coming right up. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave. And then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, 
it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Ouija board expert Karen A. Dahlman, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Personally, I have seen enough evidence to believe that evolution is real. That is to say that things change over time. I've seen enough evidence to believe that natural selection and artificial selection occurs in order to help those changes along. But if we just take it all the way back to the very beginning, can we can we believe that something comes from nothing? Uh, that kind of defies everything we know about the fact that energy can be neither created nor destroyed. Uh, I know we're digging into some concepts that are close to infinity. And, and again, this is stuff that we can't understand. I believe it goes beyond the human brain to grasp. And so we should not close off any options when considering the possibilities. But if we have intelligence, even if it's in the form of some spontaneous instinct, uh, and it's, yes, it's changed and developed, but still, does it just come from nothing? Can something come from nothing? Well, I don't think so. I don't pretend to understand all the answers, but I wish I could do a better job of, of exploring the origin of instinct with you, but, uh, at least maybe I've gotten you thinking and that's the best I can do in a podcast. Well, you know what? Let's get practical for a minute. So Marie D. Jones is a great writer. She's a wonderful author and, um, I've never met her in person, but I have interviewed her over the years and we've corresponded a lot. And, uh, she's, quite prolific and uh, she recently got onto facebook and she asked uh her friends on facebook she says what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and who gave it to you and i and i thought you know that's an interesting question i'm gonna ask the people who are facebook friends that as well and uh, i'm gonna steal that from her and let's just see what what kind of feedback i get so i'm just gonna go down and just sort of jump around a little bit and I haven't prepared much for this, and so let's just see what kind of feedback that we have here. What do you think about some of this stuff? Let's see here. Vance Pollock says, sometimes a good day writing poetry is striking out a line you wrote yesterday. That's from George Garrett. Uh, Chris Hensley says, to not take life super serious and enjoy your time here for while you, while you can. Your ego is not who you truly are. He says that was told to him from DMT entities. David Kleeman says, my grandfather, he always said travel in the middle of the road of life and you will always have more happiness and fulfillment. Always travel in the middle of the road. I guess that has a lot to do with the idea of always in moderation. Hmm? 
My sister, Jessica Warren, said an African man at Epcot Center when I was a teenager said to me, never look down upon anyone unless you are picking them up. Kim Brooks said, if you truly believe in something, stick your toes firmly into the dirt and stand your ground. She said that was told to her by her ex-mother-in-law because she divorced her son. Uh, Victoria Kira said, my grandmother, my mama would say, if you don't listen, you have to feel. She says, turns out that's been applicable in many situations in life. Marie Berger says, don't put your meat where you get your bread and butter. My mom gave me that advice. Molly Ann Kasdan said, words don't tell you about a person. They show you with their actions. She got that from a CB vet named Freddie. Stephanie Key said, think twice about doing anything. Uh, you know, that's all, all very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Maybe one of these will resonate with you. Let, let's see some of the things that, uh, Marie D. Jones folks, uh, told her that, uh, let's see. Nicole Relic said, my dad always said to have a plan. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Slaughter Boyer said, my dad told me nothing is insurmountable except death. Missy Cohen Fife said, this too shall pass. That was from her dad. You know, people say that this too shall pass. And I know that that's supposed to be comforting, but sometimes it it, kind of, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a letdown, isn't it? Cause it's like, yeah, I know this, you know, you're going to, so this is, this is going to be rough for a while, but just hang in there. (laughs) Ralph Homan said, my friend, John Donahue said, wherever you go, there you are sort of, uh, existential bit of wisdom there. Janet D, uh, let's see, Janet M. Defee said her dad, boy, a lot of people talk about their dad giving them advice, said her dad said, don't let somebody else's BS become your BS. Um, okay, well, I'll just read one more. Laird Scranton said, my sixth grade teacher told us, do not touch anything you do not want to buy. (laughs) Again, I think there's probably some wisdom in that, right? (laughs) Well, that's just, you know, some stuff to think about. Hopefully, hopefully that will, um, that will all bring you some little bit of wisdom that you can reflect upon. And you're perhaps at a time of confusion or need because my goodness, speaking of scientists, even the greatest scientists just don't know what the heck is going on right now. Here's this story that was posted at coast to coast AM.com from unexplained mysteries.com. And, uh, it's quite intriguing. The, the headline here is, um, does the earth reside within the depths of a black hole? by T.K. Randall, and it says, it might sound unthinkable, but is our universe simply the interior of a black hole that is situated within another universe? Now, I understand where you're, you're like listening right now, and you're like, what is, he, what, is this, what is this guy talking about? So here's basically the idea. What ultimately happens to everything that gets consumed by, by a, a black hole? Well, it's, it's a mystery. You know, they say it's all compressed into this infinitesimally small point in space, but does it then emerge somewhere else? Is the inside of a black hole like a universe unto itself? Is it possible that we are inside of one right now? Physicists have been trying to understand the nature of our universe for centuries, 
The one theory that has not really been discussed much is that Earth, and by extension our entire universe, is actually situated inside of a black hole, which is itself located within another universe, like Russian nesting dolls. Perhaps universes can exist inside one another, and black holes are the key. Is it true that if you get sucked into a black hole, you're just spaghettified? You know, you've seen that. You're just like, you know, shredded or do you just pop out? And so, look, this is one of those stories that uh, you could just go on and on with it. But it may be the case. And, uh, you know, there are so many weird things that are flying around us all the time that we can't explain you know whether or not these could be parts of a multi-dimensional or interdimensional thing you know john carter he's a guy i he's a, a friend of the show and he lives in canada and uh, he makes a lot of great ufo videos ufos worldwide he just recently published this new book called the ufo identification handbook preventing misidentifications and it has a Skywatch journal included. And it's got a whole bunch of information about me and Mobius and Jason Sirachi. And it's really interesting. If you go to Amazon.com, and you may have seen this on my social media, and you look up the UFO Identification Handbook, Preventing Misidentifications by John Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R, uh, you can read uh, all these stories about this, you know, from this guy who's an expert who's breaking down for you all the bizarre things that are flying around out there and how you can compare them to what we now know to be, you know, modern stuff like drones and everything. Um, but look, I don't mean to go off into all kinds of crazy directions. As a matter of fact, when we come back from this break, I want to read you at least one or two spooky stories. But I also want to squeeze in this special little mental mana that I do once in a while that my wife, Lauren, just loves. It's called, It's Time to Make My Wife Mad. You know, uh, I, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She probably will. But I, sometimes I use my podcast to try to try to get a point across in my relationship. We'll see if it works. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things coming right up. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. 
It's so easy to think, it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The four. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Dr. Sky, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And I told you that I hope that my wife, Lauren, doesn't hear this, but I'm actually joking because she listens to every show. And uh, I do this segment sometimes at the end of the show I call Mental Mana, which just gives me an, <laughs> an opportunity to just talk about whatever kind of random things are, are on my mind. And so uh, I have this philosophy that if I do this segment once, once in a while called It's Time to Make My Wife Mad, the idea is that if I, uh, if I ridicule Lauren on this podcast, then um, our relationship will be better and she will love me more. And I'm sure that, I mean, am I right, ladies? Doesn't that make sense? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Please do not send me hate emails. <laughs> no, no, honestly, honestly. Uh, I, I've, I've, Lauren and I have been together more than half of my life and we both tease each other. And I, it's a kind of relationship where we have a great sense of humor. And if I were a stand up comedian, then she would not mind a bit if I got up there and told, you know, wife jokes and stuff like that. But so uh, what I actually do, however, is sometimes I bring up some kind of a, um, a marital, issue because i could sit here and tell you like oh let me tell you how much i love my wife nobody wants to hear that no instead i want to bring up um 
a conflict that we we have and let's see if we can we can get your feedback here and um and settle this and see who's who's right and who's wrong okay are you ready well lauren and i we are always hanging out of course i mean we're together way more than i believe most married couples are we don't have kids so you know anytime we're going to be focused on another person it's usually each other and so uh anytime we go out to i don't know a restaurant a store but especially like a restaurant though because we go to a lot of restaurants together so when it comes time to leave we'll uh we'll always go to the to the bathroom before we leave which is a good piece of advice by the way because you never know what's going to happen if you're going to get stranded on the side of the road or stopped in traffic or anyway so we go to the bathroom i go to the men's room she goes to the ladies room so then here's what often happens i will come out of the men's room and i'm standing there waiting for her outside of the ladies room and i wait and i wait and i wait and I go, man, I hope she's okay in there. And sometimes, now this has got to be pretty extreme, but sometimes I will even open the door of the ladies' room and just say, Lauren? And then at some point, she will call me or shout to me and say, she is at the front door or possibly even in the car this whole time i'm standing outside the ladies room and she has abandoned me she's gone all the way out and see like to me that doesn't even cross my mind when i come out of the bathroom i figure i'm just waiting for her and then i go out and i say lauren uh I can't believe that, you, you know, you just ran off to the, you know, and left me. And she goes, do you think I'm going to, I'm not going to stand in front of the bathroom. She says, that's weird. And I'm like, no, it's not. People, people do that all the time. When it, when a couple goes to the bathroom, in my mind, and this is, again, this is instinct to me. Uh, if you, if you go to the bathroom and then you come out, you, you just stand there and you wait for the other person outside the bathroom. She says, nope, that's too weird. So now I never know when I come outside the bathroom, if she's still in the bathroom or if she's on the other side of the property because she finished at lightning speed. <sighs> She thinks that her uh, thoughts on this is is normal, and I think that my thought on this is normal, and I think that it's respectful to wait outside the bathroom, and nobody's going to care when you wait for the other person. But you know, she has the opposite opinion, and she's just not willing to budge on this. And I, and you know, I guess if she's not willing to budge, I guess eventually I'll have to just acquiesce. But. Uh, you know, sometimes you might get a call or, or a text and it doesn't come through. So I don't know. I'm just going to like leave it up to you. If you want to give me your opinion on that, you can email me or message me through social media and, uh, maybe we, we can settle this situation of like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? So you see, it's not that bad. It's actually kind of interesting, isn't it? So there's my mental mana time to make my wife mad okay before we uh, have to go let me go to emails and let me see if i can read a creepy uh, a creepy story or two huh? how about that this is from david who is an entrepreneur in michigan he said i was living with a woman friend and walked past a bay window in her living room out of the corner of my eye i saw an old woman sitting outside at her patio table and when I tried to look directly at her, she was gone. I told my friend about it, and she asked me to describe the old woman. I told her she wore a fancy dress with flowers on it, with lace along the edges. She was wearing a brooch and had her grayish-white hair in a bun. 
My friend smiled, let out a little chuckle, and then got up and a few minutes later came back with a picture. And when she showed it to me, goosebumps shot all over my body. It was the old woman, her mother, just as I described. <laughs> I love stories like that where it's like instant verification. Welcome to the club. You've seen a ghost. All right, let me squeeze in one more from Christopher Anthony. He is a mechanic in uh, Fresno, California. When I was nine years old, my two brothers and I were playing hide and seek. We were outside with our parents and they were doing yard work. Because nobody was in the house, I figured that would be the best place to hide. So I ran inside and vanished into the living room closet. As I was standing in the very back corner, I felt something hit my leg. I wondered what I had knocked over, so I turned on the light, but nothing was there. The area around me was clear, so I didn't think much about it and turned the light off and went back to the very back corner. Well, suddenly, a large hand grabbed my ankle and pinned it against the corner. My stomach was in my throat. I opened the door and grabbed onto the door jams. I had one leg out and the other leg being pulled into the corner of the closet. I looked to see what had me, but I was only able to see half of my leg as the rest was in complete darkness. Finally, I managed to break free. I ran across the street and sat on the curb, staring at the house. At that moment, it occurred to me that if it was the devil I had encountered, this meant he was real. This initially scary epiphany, however, meant that God was real, too. Wow, that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it, huh? Thank you, Christopher and David. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it, right? Like you have negative experiences to awaken you to the idea that if, if, if bad things are real, then good things are real as well. And that will help inspire you to go toward the good things. It's like putting your, your hand in a flame. It seems like a bad thing because it burns you, but it actually is a good thing that you feel that pain because it tells you to move away from it. You get this information. You get these indications in life. It's always a matter of perspective and context, isn't it? Well, okay. You know what time it is. It's time to end the show, and I'm going to do it with our original good fortune tone if you have a glass of water you might want to put it in front of it and then drink it afterward but anyway close your eyes take a deep breath relax and enjoy the good fortune tone That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.